You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Themba. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemmy here with Howard Bender. This is the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS podcast for the Thanksgiving three-game slate. Howard, Turkey Day, no better time than sit down, big plate of food, watching some football, and then watching your DFS lineups just refreshing pretty much throughout the day, seeing how you climb the standings. Gobble, gobble to you, too. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, John. And yes, it is uh, fantastic. We are not doing anything crazy here for Thanksgiving for us. It is just me and the wife and the dogs and the cats. And and when we spend Thanksgiving, just the two of us, because we've done this before, it's very simple. She's a football fan. I'm a, I'm working so I sit on the couch and I watch these games and uh, and my wife just continuously brings me like a carousel of food, like appetizers throughout my entire day. And they start off a little breakfasty because 930 in the morning when yeah. the game starts, they start off a little breakfasty. And then by the uh, by the the late afternoon, and we're about to dive into that that third game. It's like it's the Swedish meatballs, and it's the all of the pasta and everything else that she does. So I'm very excited about uh, about chowing down and watching some football. My DFS lineups, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Harley, right, you you bring up a good point here, and I want to sidetrack us just a little bit. You said they start off a little breakfasty, they kind of pass them around. One of my favorite easy breakfast food items especially on days like this is the bacon egg cups you basically get a little muffin container you put bacon kind of crisscross it into the muffin slot and then you crack an egg and you bake it in the oven and then it comes out you have a cooked bacon as the cup Uh, inside of it is an egg it is it's phenomenal i highly suggest it to any of those that are listening that's the Uh, greatest thing i've ever heard of yeah recommend i could do those tomorrow you know like the game will start tomorrow and, uh, and the wife will still be, she'll be like just getting up at that point. And the game will start tomorrow and she'll wake up to bacon cups with eggs in them. Yeah, that's exactly how you got to go about it. So I, I love where your head's at. You scramble the egg? So you can scramble the egg or you can just crack the egg. It depends how you like your egg. But it's getting baked in the oven anyways. Obviously long enough to cook the bacon through. But yeah, you basically just crisscross layer the bacon across the muffin tin. And then you crack the egg inside of it and it cooks through. It's pretty legit. Wow, I love that. You just—that's a—that's a game changer. That's a game changer right now. Oh yeah, it's—it's it's a perfect little uh, breakfast item if you—if you ever feel like hosting or you just want. To no, it's all for me. <laughs> all for you. All for you. Exactly. I don't host. I hate that. I hate people coming over my house. <laughs> anyway, sorry to sidetrack you all with a little food, but early mornings like this, it's always good to get a little holiday food out of the way. Uh, so Howard. We got three games, not the best Thanksgiving matchups we've ever had. Chicago, Detroit, Las Vegas, Dallas, and Buffalo, New Orleans. Missing some star power on a few of these teams. There's no star power in Detroit, Chicago anyways. So, But that doesn't mean it doesn't make for a good DFS slate. And I think sometimes people look at bad, maybe a bad slate or bad matchups and think like, oh, what am I going to do here? Well, in this case, I actually think there are some pretty good matchups and players to target. I definitely think that in, in all three of the games, and it's kind of funny. I mean, all right, so you and I, full disclosure to everybody, 
We've broken down these games on, on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Sirius XM. We talked DFS and we talked betting them. And you've heard me talk with Craig Mish and you've talked with Andrew Cooper and we've gone through this over and over again. I, I think that there is, a, there's, you say no star power in that Chicago-Detroit game, yet I tell you that DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery are the two best running backs on the slate. So right. how is that not star power? No, that's, well, yes. I, I guess I don't think the common NFL fan is head over heels for a David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, but from a fantasy and DFS perspective, we certainly know what, what their, their upside is. But people aren't sitting down and be like, man, can't wait to watch this Lions-Bears game because of DeAndre Swift. Us fantasy players understand it, but it's not like the allure of sitting down and watching you know, it's unfair to say, but like Barry Sanders back when the Lions are bad, at least you knew there was Barry Sanders to watch. Like, right. so Swift is good. And, and Swift, and, you know, Swift is a fun player to watch, but it's not like an exciting player. He's not yet a draw, but in this in t- particular game and this particular slate, yeah, he's, he's probably going to be one of the highest, if not the highest roster running back. Yeah. All right. Okay. I got what you're saying then. Yeah, All right. Well, yeah. Star power for the, for you. what's that? So that's how I'm breaking it down for you. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to do it game by game? Do we want to just go position by position like we usually do? Yeah, let's keep it consistent. Let's do position by position here, Howard. I think it's an easier way to go over the positions. If we're going at the quarterback slot again, there's only a few with with this being three games, there's six quarterback choices. And I think it's important to talk about sort of the strategy when it comes to these. Now, we do the showdown articles. We talk about how you got to be a little bit different. There's only so many players in those scenarios, though. And you're sometimes you're you know, throwing in the third tight end, hoping to catch a touchdown pass, or you're playing the backup running back and hoping that they can score. Well, we have a little bit more of a player pool to play with here, but I still think you need to almost approach this in a showdowny slate because the roster percentages on the chalk are going to be super high. And if you can find that, 10% or 12% play that you know ends up scoring or is productive, then you can really separate yourself. And I think quarterback is a spot to do that. We have Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Trevor Simeon, and Andy Dalton as your primary starters. We're still figuring out who Detroit's going to be, whether it's Goff, Tim Boyle, you think it could be David Blau. It's going to be Jared Goff. It's going to be Goff. I would assume it's going to be Goff here as well. And you just look at the points totals, right? And you see Dallas and Las Vegas at the highest game total. So you figure Dak Prescott likely going to be super popular. Josh Allen at the top, it's going to be super popular. So like you got to figure out where do you want to be different and where do you want to follow the chalk? And I think quarterback could potentially be a spot where you get different maybe spend down and then spend up at the other position. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I can definitely, I can get down with that in, in some ways. Like, yeah, if you're, you're, well, I, again, see for me, it's the quarterbacks for me, it's the quarterbacks who are, who are potentially on the losing teams is almost how I want to look at it too. Like the, the guys who are going to have to throw. And that's where it's, and then, you know, the one issue that I do have and why I, I'm, I look at Josh Allen and I just say, all right, New Orleans defense, you can't run on them. And you don't really have very good running backs to begin with. So I don't mind paying up for Josh Allen in this one, because I think that he is the only reason that Buffalo is going to, you made an excellent point on the, uh, on the uh, fantasy alarm show, talking about the fact that he, he likes to run him in at the end. So you can use Josh Allen. You don't even have to stack. 
yeah, you can, but you don't even have to stack. And I agree with you on the uh, on that statement there. So I look at Josh Allen and know that all the points are going through him. The, everything that Buffalo scores, you're getting, right? Like yep. you, you know, the wide receivers, the, the, you're not worried. I'm not worried about Zach Moss or Matt Breida. Right. If they run in a touchdown, it's probably him running it in. And then if he throws for a touchdown, you're still getting the four points out of that. Exactly. So Allen is a guy who I don't mind paying up for. But I could bypass Dak Prescott. I could bypass Derek Carr even. Yep. I could look to Andy Dalton. I can look to Jared Goff. I definitely could. I think because those two teams, the problem is really, though, is that if you're talking about the over-under, right, 41 and a half, what are the quarterbacks doing there? Like, what are you getting out of the quarterbacks? You're not getting any kind of like, you're not getting the upside of a 300-yard three touchdown. I agree. I mean, again, and the fact that this is a game where we're expecting most running backs probably to be prevalent in their offense, Swift and Montgomery. I mean, I think sometimes these bad games, they when you have two teams that are as bad as these two are, especially defensively, we know the Lions are bad on the Bear side. We know they're missing a lot of pieces. It could be one of those games where it turns into a shootout. And you and I sort of referenced on the Fantasy Alarm Show, not to keep on calling back to that, but two years ago when David Blaus Bears and against the Lions was the Thanksgiving Day game. And in that one, Trubisky threw for three scores, for in like 300 yards for the Bears, and Blau had 280 and two scores for himself. A game that only had, I think, it ended up being like a, a 44 game total by it was end by the end of it. But the production came from the quarterbacks, and the yards came from the quarterbacks. So you can have a lower scoring game, but you know if, if Andy Dalton goes for 280 and two scores, and then he's paying off his price point at 5,500 dollars. If, yeah. if Goff or Blau or Boyle, not probably not Boyle. That man is a terrible NFL quarterback. But if the other guys get in this and they put off something like that, then it doesn't have to be a 56-point game for the quarterbacks to be productive. I agree. I agree. So Josh Allen, yes. Andy Dalton, yes. For me, Jared Goff for Jared Goff. Maybe right. Trevor Simeon. Possibly Trevor Simeon. What do you make of Taysom Hill getting a contract extension? The the contract extension is really the, the deal that he signed is no different than the last deal he signed. Like it really isn't that different. It's just yeah. he's not making starting quarterback. It's, it's he's, he's basically working for the same thing. I, I think it's fine. Listen, I think that if you wanted to use if you wanted to pay all the way down for Taysom Hill. You could because you know that he's going to get those packages inside the red zone. You There's no that, Ingram and no Camara. Exactly. So it, it makes for a, an obvious an obvious play there. Is that going to is that going to get you more points or equal points to using a guy like Goff or Dalton who's a passer? Because I mean we know that we'll see the packages for, for Hill, but. You know, if Buffalo's defense is like up on this shit, right? They're yeah. gonna, you know, we wouldn't, we would need him to, to hit the bingo he did in week four, where he ran for two scores. Exactly, exactly. So I'm fine though with Goff or Dalton, yeah. possibly Simeon. Yeah, and and I said to you on the Affairs Alarm Show, I think Carr will probably be the least rostered quarterback. I, I would be surprised if a lot of people go in that direction because he just he, he's the way he's priced. And then he's also, like we've talked about, kind of struggled. That offense feels boring. A lot of people would rather have the Dallas side of it. I don't think many people look to Derek Carr in this slate, and that could certainly be an opportunity for you to be a little bit contrarian. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, if we, if we go to the running backs here, 
Uh, Elliot is the top price back. $8,000. He said he's good to go. Full participant in practice. Gets Las Vegas. And not a great game against the Chiefs, but the offense didn't do much. Even against Atlanta, only 14 for 41. He did have the two scores to save your bacon there. But three of the last four games here, Howard. 11, 12, 21, 12, right? Like, are you paying 8K for No, probably not. I mean, again, see, that's the thing. What I'm concerned about, there's obviously the upside that that Zeke has to be able to score. I mean, that's just that the, that there's capability there. Is he? Do you? you can, he's got the upside of a hundred yard two score game. He does because you look at Las Vegas's run defense. It, it, their defense is a run funnel, and you look at what look what just Joe Mixon just did to them. Oh, so Joe Mixon though, while he had the volume, he you know he scored at the very end there. He had a twenty yard touchdown run. But as somebody who was frustratingly invested in Joe Burrow last week in DFS. Oh, yeah, I, I was too. I was too. I, I was, Joe Mixon was getting all those touches because, Howard, for most of that game, he was averaging under three yards a carry. I mean, I'm sorry, under three and a half yards per carry. They were just giving him so much volume. And then he broke the 20 yard touchdown run at the end and the numbers look great and whatnot. But he really wasn't running effectively. They were just giving him the football. Maybe they just weren't satisfied with the way Burrow was throwing it. But that was a lot more volume to do with Mixon actually being effective until the very end. Well, listen, I'm not going to be using... My big concern about Zeke is not what his upside could be, what his ceiling is. My my concern with Zeke is obviously the fact that he's come out of the last two games. He's, his knee has been banged up, right. and, uh, and that's obviously a, a concern, right? So you have to... You kind of have to worry about stuff like that, and so... They only have him for a 61 and a half rushing yard prop too, which is feels low for a guy like Zeke. It does feel low for a guy like Zeke. It does feel that's a good point there too. Look at you. See, you're pretty good at this stuff, John. I know what to look for every now and again. Just for comparison, <laughs> David Montgomery's at 79 and a half. Swift is at 69 and a half yards rushing. Jacobs is 45. Elliott's at 61. Pollard's at 45 and a half. So they're almost thinking like we're gonna be looking at a close to split rush yardage share here between Zeke and Pollard, you know, a, a 15 yard difference between the two rushing. That doesn't really seem like it, it bodes too well for Zeke here. Oh, it doesn't. You should make some, you should make, should I make notes in the, uh, in the playbook for this? I don't want to take, I'm not going to take Zeke out of the playbook, but it's, it's an interesting note here. It really this is, is just part of using the process. We talk about it all the time, like look at everything, right? Like, you can look at game logs, you can look at pricing, you can look at matchups, but look at everything when it comes to building your DFS lineups. And that includes going to Vegas. We talk about point spreads all the time, but I love looking at props and just seeing what Ve Vegas is a pretty smart. They're not always right, but you can sometimes find values or sometimes you can see things that are a little bit suspicious, like a 61 and a half yard rushing total on Ezekiel Elliott. You'd be like, huh. What do they know? So it's a fantastic point. It's a fantastic point. I like that. Why don't you type that into the uh, Ezekiel Elliott part of the uh, of the playbook? Will do. I'll make updates to this as we're recording here on the Wednesday evening of uh, the Thursday's uh, three-game Thanksgiving Day slate. So uh, that's the running backs. Zeke's at the top. You and I have both talked a lot about how he likes Swifton Montgomery already. Where are your, what's your thought here on a Mark Ingram or... Tony Jones, knowing that there's no Camara. Uh, yeah, all right. So no Camara, obviously. And Mark Ingram, 
He was at practice today, but he actually was there for like the open portion for the media and then left early. He even he left early. He left that practice, that part of the practice early. So there are issues with his knee. I think that if he starts, he becomes that contrarian play that you're like, all right, listen, you know what? I mean, he's Mark Ingram and he's going to start. And if, if he's healthy enough to play, then obviously he warrants some consideration. But I think it does open the door for Tony Jones a little bit as that pass catching third down back that it'll take some of the workload off of Ingram. And then Tony Jones becomes kind of an interesting, just an, an interesting low cost, like differentiate yourself from the pack kind of a, like a flex play. You go with Swift and Montgomery as your two running backs, and then you say, oh, okay, well, here, I'm going to use uh, I'm use Tony Jones as my flex play. That'll help me get better receivers into there, and and that's how I'll, separate, I'll differentiate myself from the pack. And if Tony Jones gets into the end zone, well, then it pays off. Yeah, I think that's a good way to possibly take a look at it as well. Like Derek Carr, I don't think anybody is playing Josh Jacobs. Um, again, he hasn't been great running the football, Howard, but as somebody who is a, was invested in Kenny Drake and best ball, I pull my hair out when I'm seeing all of these targets go Josh Jacobs way instead. And again, a guy that I don't think highly, excuse me, of as a productive runner because he hasn't been double digit fantasy points in every all weeks, but one this season. So again, I don't know if many people are going to play Josh Jacobs, but you can't deny the production here. I mean, well, yeah, it, it, that's the funny thing about it. Like we're talking about the fact that nobody, nobody's gonna play him, and now all of a sudden, I am, uh, I'm now building a lineup that stacks uh, the Raiders. <laughs> because now, I mean, if nobody's gonna be on, then that's the lineup that you that you do. But are you stacking Renfro Waller? Or are you stacking Jacobs and one of those guys? Right. I, I think obviously Renfro Waller would probably be the more popular options of that group, no doubt. And I love Waller just for the volume. And you look at the recent performances from the Raiders offense, and it's just been dreadful. They've scored uh, at 33 total points or 43 total points over the last three. Their offense has hadn't scored more than 16 actual in three straight weeks. So that alone is, is why people are likely going to be off, off this team, but they're still productive players. And again, we're just trying to be different here. I'm not saying play Jacobs over a Swift or Montgomery, but if you're making multiple lineups on a slate like this, which I think makes sense, getting some exposure to a guy like Jacobs, because if he has nine for 37, like he did last week rushing, and five catches for 24 yards, for but also manages to score, you know, that's 17 fantasy points, and that he could be one of the higher scorers on the slate. So again, obviously that's just putting a lot into what ifs, but I'm just saying the target share that he's seen lately, and, and the fact that I don't think many people are high on the Raiders offense, on a three-game slate, you got to find spots to be different, and maybe maybe he's the spot to be different, or how maybe Matt Breida, right? Maybe Matt Breida is a way to be different on this slate. Oh. Uh, last couple of weeks, he's starting to pop a little bit there for for Buffalo with like Moss and Singletary struggling. And there was a report too where somebody was like, "Don't be surprised if Thanksgiving Day turns into a Matt Breida game." And I'm like, "What is that? Why?" It's Dude, I just built a, a baller lineup, by the way. Well, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to hear about it. Um, I have yeah I have three li- four lineups here that all look pretty darn tasty. Do any of them have Tony Pollard? None of them have Tony Pollard, and yet they probably should have a Tony Pollard. Maybe one. I'm not saying make him your primary guys. Everybody's listening out here, but again, 
Uh, have a little fun with it. This is a lottery ticket slate for sure, three games. If you can find yourself in a single entry or a three max, I highly recommend doing that because otherwise <laughs> the uh, computer algorithm nerds out there with their 150 lineups on three games are going to have every possible combination of probably of players out there. So do yourself a favor, try to do limit entries if you aren't a Mac entry player. Uh, wide receiver hours. We talked about not needing to pair up Allen with anybody, but Diggs has looked good in, in a couple of the weeks. Obviously last week he had two scores to save his fantasy relevance because he only had four for 23. But the touchdowns are starting to come in bunches now. Uh, he's had five touchdowns over the last five weeks here. It is a matchup against Lattimore, but we've seen him beaten by better receivers at times this year. Do you find yourself paying up at all for Stefan Diggs? I do. I Listen, I think that if you have the opportunity to if you're getting a piece of that Buffalo offense that's not Josh Allen, I think Diggs is the way to go. I mean, I listen, I love Manny Sanders. I really do. I don't know what's been going on with Manny Sanders recently, but he went from being like a great red zone target to all of a sudden now he's like being frozen out or something weird. But But the funny thing is that he's been frozen out in like the games where Buffalo's been like, crap they mm-hmm. lose to the jaguars and then they uh, and then what was the game they lost two weeks it was yeah okay yeah they just got smoked by the colts yeah so it's like so two of those games that sanders isn't productive so maybe they pivot back to him but i think Diggs is the he's, he's the guy that you want it's it's thanksgiving day you're not going to give your number one guy that touchdown yeah, he's got to eat that turkey leg with you. Seriously. You got to break bread with these guys afterwards. You want to be able to keep the stars happy. So, yeah, I'll take some digs. How are you handling the Dallas Cowboys receiving group? I think I think if I'm building 20 lineups, I'll have some – I'll have like two or three with CeeDee Lamb in there. But I do worry that it's three days later and he's going to get you know clearance from concussion protocol and everything's going to be fine. So I do worry about, I do worry that we get told last minute that he's going to be inactive and that he didn't receive clearance. I think that's a very strong possibility for that to happen. So I I like Michael Gallup, but I wrote this in the playbook. Gallup is a chain mover, right? He's not a, he's not getting those red zone targets that you want to see. If he's getting 10 targets, it's like one is a red zone target. And so I, wor- I kind of worry about that. I think if I'm going Dallas, it's like I'll go very light on, on CeeDee Lamb because it's the contrarian play. I'll go light on Gallup because you know, he's like Jacoby Myers right now. He's going to catch a bunch of passes. He's going to get okay yardage, but he's not going to get into the end zone. So what are you doing there? Cedric Wilson, he at least has the ability to pop, right? Like you, you look at Cedric Wilson, you say, I can pay down. I can get a, sli- a slice of this Dallas offense doing it with either Cedric Wilson or Dalton Schultz. And that's that's kind of where I'm living with Dallas. I mean, again, contrarian play for Lamb, mm, lukewarm on Gallup. But you know what? Give me some shares of Cedric Wilson to uh, to really kind of get me some, get me a contrarian piece almost. And then Schultz, I mean, he slots in. As great as a tight end pay down from Waller or as a, a flex. So that's kind of where I'm living. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% uh, in agreement with you there as well. If we're looking for, I guess, the value receivers here, which ones are jumping out to you? The value wide receiver. Like, my boy, 
I know. Give give me some. All right, value receivers. So you're saying under 5K on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the mid tier guys are are obvious, right? Like we know Renfro, mm-hmm. Mooney, Cam, that group is obvious. But yeah, if we're looking under 5K, which ones do you uh, kind of jump out to you? All right, Sanders jumps out to me still. I, I just, I, I do like him. I really do. Didn't he used to play for New Orleans at one he point? He did. He did before he went to Buffalo. So revenge game narrative. Revenge game narrative on Thanksgiving. So we've got that. I do like Trey Quan. He's de- he's definitely seeing the targets right now. Nine targets yep. in each of his last two games. And now no Troutman. And no Troutman, exactly. Edwards intrigues me a little bit as like possibly the deep threat in that game, but I still prefer Renfro. I think that, yeah, I think that. Oh, and my boy, Josh Reynolds. 3K, dude. He's the min price wide receiver. 90% of the snaps last week. Didn't see it, didn't catch a pass, didn't see a target, but he played 90% of the snaps so that he could learn the offense while in the middle of the game. And mm-hmm. with Jared Goff coming back, the two of them have history together, working together in uh, in Los Angeles. And they had a good work, a good rapport in LA with under the, with the Rams. And I think that all of a sudden now that if you're looking to differentiate yourself from the pack. You know, who the fuck's playing Josh Reynolds? You. And maybe Josh Reynolds' girlfriend or or wife, right? That's probably the only ones that are playing him. What what do you think uh, about a dart throw here with Marquise Goodwin? Allen Robinson's doubtful. Goodwin last week played 71% of the offensive snaps. He had eight targets. He had four for 104 and a score. Obviously had that huge touchdown there at the very end. Dalton came in and just immediately throws. Uh, a 50-yard touchdown. I mean, you got to give it its due. It was busted coverage. Yep. It, was, it was like, that's not always good. Well, it is Detroit they're facing, so maybe that's that is going to hang out like that. And he's a track star, right? All it takes is him getting behind one blown Detroit coverage, something they're certainly known for, and he's taking another one to the house. I just like the eight targets, personally. Why couldn't Allen Robinson ever get eight targets in this offense? Why can't Allen Robinson get eight targets in this offense? That, my friend, is the million-dollar question. It is the million-dollar question. All right, tight end here again. Uh, this one feels a little bit obvious. There are a lot of great options. Uh, Waller's the top price guy at $6,400. A great matchup there against Dallas. If you listen in to the Fantasy Alarm Show, uh, our tight end whisperer, Andrew Cooper, he was crushing on Dalton, especially if Lamb ends up being out and or limited. He says this is just an absolutely fantastic smash spot for the tight end there. So those are your top two price guys. But Howard, Hawkinson, Knox, Matt, and, and even Juwan Johnson, who is my dark throw. Those are the, the five primary tight ends, I think, or six primary tight ends we're looking at on this slate. Yeah, I love Schultz. I love Waller. I'll use them both. I'll be very happy to use them both. Schultz, Waller, yeah. Hawkinson, I mean, yeah, again, if it's Jared Goff throwing, like, Hawk becomes a, an interesting play. Chicago's been tough on the on the, on the the tight end, but, again, it's, there's no Khalil Mack and there's no Danny Trevathan. So you know, maybe things open up a little bit more for, for him. Knox, he's fine. Just New Orleans handles the tight end pretty well. My concern with Komet is Komet was doing well with Justin Fields. Right. And because it's young rookie quarterback who is looking for his safety tight end who's like going right across the middle. He doesn't have to, he doesn't nibble on the corners on the outside there. He can just go right in the middle of the field. He can hit Komet 
and uh, and that's what we were seeing. And then Andy Dalton shows up, and then we got nothing from. Like everything was a big bomb to Goodwin. It was a big bomb to Mooney. It was just like kind of chucking it like that. So I worry about Komet in the, in the sense that it's Andy Dalton who's now, hey, I'm just going to come in here and throw this hero ball. Because Dalton's maybe playing for another backup job next year or. Right, yeah. You know? So I think it's, for me, it's going to be Schultz or Waller. And I don't think I'm going to go with anybody else. Yeah, uh, that's the top of the tier is definitely the way I'm going. And then, uh, as I mentioned, I think you can, I think you can maybe consider Juwan Johnson as your ultimate punt tier. Again, we looked at the way Trevor Simeon targeted his tight end in this offense, and then Trotman's gone now. Johnson, I would imagine it would be him, not Nick Vanette, who was active last week while Johnson was actually inactive. He would be the, re- the the primary receiving tight end here in this matchup. We saw him find the end zone twice back in week one. He had another touchdown catch in week four. They use him in the red zone. This is a guy that made a lot of waves in camp. He's a converted wide receiver. I think this is an opportunity now for him. And only $2,600, Howard. So, I mean, if you're going to spend down somewhere so you can spend up everywhere else, like, I think you got to get some action on him. I like it. I like it. I was in on Juwan Johnson early in the preseason when he was making the magic happen while Troutman was hurt. And so here you go. I think it's a great dart throw. Great dart throw. Defenses that you're using. You're all in on the Lions and the Raiders, right? I was more so looking at the Bears. I know we talked a lot about, or you like to bring up, and it's for valid reasons, the Chicago is missing a handful of starters. That being said, they still had six picks last week and uh, six sacks rather last week. They had four sacks against Pittsburgh. Uh, it's the it's the Lions. They're it's the Lions. They're just so bad. And if Goff is out, even if Goff is in, but like if Goff is out, I I don't see how this team is functional. I, I'm probably gonna rock myself some Bears. Right on. I'm kind of just I'm living on the Bills right now. I'm not. Trevor Simeon didn't look good against Philly last week. Sure. Right. I mean, he threw, it's like he threw three touchdowns. Yeah, but those were all in garbage time in the fourth quarter. He looked like crap the entire time and he threw two picks. So I look at that and then not having Kamara and really not having a number one wide receiver on this team. Really, that just, I'm kind of living on the bills here as well. That's, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Obviously, their defense a couple weeks ago against the Jets, four picks on there. They were the number one rated defense going in to the, the last few weeks. Uh, last week, obviously, did them no favors there in the rankings, but I'm with you. Again, I think a lot of people will look at Dallas if they're not playing the Raiders, because if you're on a three-game slate, and I said this to you before, like, it's hard to not use guys against your defense. You sort of try to limit some of that exposure, obviously, but if we think that the Raiders are going to be the least rostered, that probably then coincides with the Cowboys being the highest roster defense. So it's certainly a spot you can look to if you want to go in that direction. If you want to be a little bit more chalky again, they have the capability of making some big digs that leads the league in interceptions. Uh, I feel like they should get after the quarterback more than they do. But again, they're home and, and the Raiders, as I mentioned, haven't scored more than 16 actual in three straight weeks. <laughs> Safe to say I'm not playing the Lions, probably not playing the Raiders. The Saints are are tricky for me because again, like. If Buffalo is more of a paper lion because of who they've played this season, and I talked about this with you earlier, you, you look at their wins, it's against the Jets. They beat Miami. They beat Houston. They beat Washington. They beat Miami again, right? Like, their wins haven't been overly impressive. Yes, they went into Kansas City and beat them 
But as we've seen, Kansas City, there ain't, there's something ain't right with them. They lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Tennessee. They lost in, into the Colts. Are the Saints a good team? I don't think they're great. They're without their best player. But I, I don't know. I feel like they're not terrible either. They're a good coached team. They're home. I, I think a dart throw Saints defensive play could be in, be in the cards here. You make a good case for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's where I'm sitting at. Howard, you said you have a lineup made, right? Dude, I have four lineups right now. You want to toss this one? You know what? I'll tell you what. You, you remember Choose Your Own Adventure? I do. The books? All right. So start at the quarterback position and choose which lineup I go with first. Just pick a quarterback? Yeah, any quarterback. All right. Give me the Josh Allen line. The Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Mooney, Renfro, Josh Reynolds, Darren Waller, Cole Beasley in the flex with the Bills D. Okay. Okay. So I do pair him with Beasley in a good spot. Saints suck against the slot tight against the slot receiver. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just there you go. That's that lineup. That's the Josh Allen line. My Josh Allen lineup is Allen, Swift, Montgomery, Mooney, Renfro, Traquan, Waller. Dawson Knox is the pair up with Josh Allen here. And then I use the Raiders defense. Oof. Because I don't think anybody is playing the Raiders defense. I don't have any Dallas Cowboys in my lineup because I think they'll be. I'm just trying to be different. I'm trying to be a little contrarian. We'll see. You never know. Like if they, as long as they don't lose me points, I almost feel like I'm winning. So listen, we're doing the, the, we're doing the Swift Montgomery thing. And so with our, our, like our lineups where we're trying to find that place to differentiate ourselves is in that, like, it's like that flex tight end third wide receiver type guy. Like that's really kind of where we're, we're just kind of maneuvering it. So, I mean, listen, I like it. I I, I like your life. I said, I like Trey Kwan. So yeah. And again, you went with the Raiders defense because you played no Cowboys. I went with the Bills defense because I didn't play any Saints. So go ahead, pick another QB. Give me your, give me your, did you play a Lions quarterback? Oh, yeah. I've got a Jared Goff lineup Give me your here. Jared Goff lineup. Jared Goff, right, with DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, Stefan Diggs, Darnell Mooney, Josh Reynolds, get my stack in there. Then I go dual tight end with Waller and Dalton Schultz and the Bills D. Not bad. Right? Like, all of a sudden, you're, like, ready to crap on this lineup, and you're like, huh, Diggs, Mooney, I like them. Waller, Schultz, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> Not bad, sir. Not too bad. Let me... You want to know my Dak Prescott lineup? Yeah, give it to me. Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Gallup and Wilson, Josh Reynolds, Darren Waller, my flex is Stefan Diggs and the Bills defense. All right. I like it. I, that's the one that I like the least. That's the one you like the least. That's the one I like the least. Okay. You know, because it's the Cowboys receivers. I'm just like, yeah. No? no, I hear that. I get that at all. So I'm down on that lineup. I'll probably change that. Here you go. Here's the lineup that nobody has and that you're like, well, hot damn. Derek okay. Carr. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, Hunter Renfro, Emmanuel Sanders, Dalton Schultz is my tight end. Oh, let's put Josh Jacobs in the flex. Bills D. I like it. 
I do. So I'm going with I'm going with the three running back philosophy here. Going with the, the it's my RB heavy, which is contrarian, especially here on DraftKings. These lineups are all from DraftKings people. But contra- you've got that contrarian Josh Jacobs Raiders type thing going on there. Plus nobody's playing. Nobody plays the running back in the uh, in the flex spot in uh, in DraftKings. Not unless it's like Christian McCaffrey, right? Michael Carter. I like it, Howard. I do. I tell I you, man, like I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna hit it big, and then uh, you know, then I'm out of here. And then you are out of here. I, you I know, be, li- we'll be live streaming from my yacht in the south of France. I say like, nobody deserves to be out of here more than you. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. Ah, yo, don't give me that. You're trying. I know you're trying to get rid of me, man. Listen, that's okay. We see it all the time. Like the the drug lord has like the the right hand man who's secretly conspiring behind his back and probably banging his wife too. Like if we weren't across the country from each other, I might be a little concerned. Alrighty. <laughs> on that note, we will be with you all on a live stream, 10:30 to 11:30, getting you ready for roster lock here for Thanksgiving. As I'm sure you are listening to this now, you may have seen or maybe realizing uh, that everything is free right now. All of our DFS content for today only. They go back behind the lock at the end of today. But that means you have access to our lineup generator, to our tools, to our projections, to all of our content today. Getting you all ready for this Thanksgiving Day slate because we are thankful for you. And we wanted to give you guys a little gift, a little peek behind the curtain to let you all know what we got going on here. Amen to that. Amen to that. Worry about how much food you're going to stuff into your face, not how am I going to learn to set my lineups properly. We got you. We got you. We do have you covered. So, again, Howard Bender has the playbook out ready. He'll have some example lineups for you all as well. If you are a subscriber, you can get into our and get your questions answered there as well. But for Howard we and John, we will catch you guys later. You guys later. You guys later. Guys, later. Guys, later.